Hello and welcome back again to a extra spicy edition of the SSFL podcast. I'm here with the usual suspects. Uh, Tony, what's up? Um, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, what's up? A lot of things are up and it feels fantastic. Kevin, how's it going? I'm uh, doing all right. Um, yeah, lots to talk about today. Eric? I'm not sure yet. Come back to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, where should we start? Uh, it's been a week. Should we start it? I guess the start of the week. Well, yeah, let's recap last week and then we'll move in. No, let's not recap last week. I think um, we had some dinosaur sightings early on in the week. Oh, you guys just um, want to fly by last week? Was it a rough week for you guys? Or I don't know. Two of us are yeah. division leaders right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my team's having some problems, some injuries, some management problems. Um, uh, went into Monday night looking for 30 points from Patrick Ice, and um, he was looking cold. Mm-hmm. I went into Monday night looking for just like a reasonable performance from Travis Kelsey. And uh, yeah, looking very cold. It's People interesting. Eh? It's cold. interesting to, just going back to that game. Um, someone in the game between Eric and Justin, and I won't name names, but someone sat Amari Cooper for Kadarius Tony. Yeah, so I figured I'd probably get some heat for that. And, you know, this is how I'll try to explain it. Obviously, you can't explain it in hindsight, but last year when the Cowboys didn't have Dak Prescott, their offense looked like complete garbage. Like Amari Cooper getting, you know, three targets going, you know, two catches for 10 yards type situation. Also, Amari Cooper hasn't been particularly good this year up until last week, but he has been kind of touchdown dependent and not getting a ton of targets or a ton of yards. So I'm looking at, okay, Cooper Rush, that doesn't even sound like a real human. That sounds like a protagonist from a need for speed game. So I don't expect (laughs) him to be a particularly good quarterback. Uh, And, you know, I was very high on Kadarius Tony. Honestly, still am super high on Kadarius Tony. I think the way that you see him catch the ball and then fight for like three extra yards after the catch is really fun to watch. And I think he's going to be really good, Uh, but he's got a lot of injuries. So that was frustrating. But, you know, just to add a little salt to my own wounds now, three weeks this season, I have made, like, I have had decisions that I agonized over that ended up costing me games. I lost to Mike because in week two, I was like, Corderell Patterson, he's not real, is he? And I sat him and started Larry Roundtree the third uh, for a difference of 20 points and lost to Mike by like five. And then uh, last week against Kenny, I don't remember what it was exactly now, but there was another decision that I agonized over and then lost the game. So we're going to probably fire the coach coming up soon and uh, <laughs> roll from there. Anyway. Good recap. summary. Good recap. Thank you. No, that's fair. That's fair. I just, it is fair. To be fair, I sent Anthony a message that night as like, you got really unlucky there. You had no business not getting enough points that night. And I, I messaged Anthony the whole uh, Cooper for uh, Tony thing. And then I realized that Dak wasn't playing. So it does make sense. It shouldn't have mattered. It shouldn't have mattered. It I shouldn't mean, have mattered. I think yeah. Kel- it's probably one of the worst games I've seen Kelsey play ever. Like, I don't know. Like it was, well, it was just brutal. So yeah, like he he genuinely looked bad too. It wasn't just that he wasn't getting mm-hmm. targets. Like I don't, I've never noticed this before. I don't know if this happens every week, but Kelsey lines up on one side of the line and then does a slow jog in motion to the other side of the line on every play. And mm-hmm. you can tell whether he's actually target going to get targeted on the route based on how hard he jogs. 
running from yeah. one side of the line to the other. Like you can see him do like a slow jog and then just like barely get out of his break. And it's like, okay, well, he doesn't think he's getting a target on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, other, other things to recap. I think Kevin and I had a bet. Yeah, I got it wrong. I forgot what it was though. I didn't have four players going for like 130 or something, 120. Only 100. So yeah, you thought Jalen Ertz, Derek Henry, DeAndre Swift, and AJ Brown would combine for like 100, 100 points or something. Would they get 30? Well, you know, as as <laughs> it's kind of funny because it was kind of like what we talked about. Um, Eric said that, oh, it was after you left. That's why you didn't hear. You said that and then you pieced out. So, um, you know, like Derek Henry and AJ Brown, hard for them to both have good games because they play on the same team. So AJ Brown went bananas. He had like twenty something points, nice. um, yeah. and then Jalen Hurts only does well when he has garbage time in the fourth quarter, and they were blowing out the Lions. So didn't do well there either. So you know, what are you gonna do? Well, someone's got to add a little bit of spice on the bet, so I'll keep it up. I'll get one right. But you do have to like you're you have to shotgun. Okay. Okay. Might be hard to believe. I don't actually have a beer at my house right now, so I can't do it. But <laughs> an IOU. Okay. Seems like we're racking up some uh, IOU shotguns. Put it on the board. <laughs> Can we just talk a little bit about that bet, though, because I think it needs to be discussed. Frankly, how fortunate you got last week, Anthony. Like, Derrick Henry has put up twenty-six points a week or whatever, and then you play him, and he gets injured and puts up six. Like Jalen Hurts has been a solid fantasy quarterback and his team had four rushing touchdowns last week and he doesn't produce 20 fantasy points. Like Kevin's bet should have worked out or come a lot closer to working out, especially with AJ Brown holding up his end of the bargain. Like it, you you didn't deserve to win. I know that it's like a small thing, but. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I still put up a hundred points. Second of all, you can say the same thing about Kyler Murray. He had four touchdowns vultured from him. And third of all, Jalen Hurts has actually been a terrible NFL quarterback. So he was due to regress. <laughs> Fifth of all, Derrick Henry, that was no, never going to be sustainable. Eighth of all, my team is superior. So I absolutely deserve to win. Okay. It's not going to be sustainable. Sure. But Derrick Henry's played in the NFL for what, like six seasons, never gotten injured. Suddenly gets injured in the one week for Anthony to go eight and oh. It should have been the. It I should mean, have been the to be clear, game. he had 28 carries. It's not like he got injured in like the first quarter. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's intense. I thought he was injured like at the end of the game. Yeah. He actually came back and played on his um, on his fractured foot, which yeah, just goes insane. to prove the guy. The guy's an absolute animal. Yeah. Why, like, if you're a team. And you're like, oh, this guy might be super injured. Like, oh, let's throw him back in. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, what the worst thing that could happen is now AP is on a plane to go sign a contract for you the next day. Like, that seems absurd. Or do they just, like, like treat him that? They probably, I don't know. I, I, I imagine they don't know, like, if it's, like, oh, I know if he wants to go back in, it's hard to diagnose a fracture. And the game's going on, and he says he's fine adrenaline's going i mean I, yeah no i agree with you but i guess maybe in the heat of the moment right like you never know how bad it really is i think it goes to show too just how often pretty much any pro athlete plays through things that we just yeah. don't know about because totally. there's no point in reporting it if it's going to prevent them for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. I mean, I assume that like every professional athlete is like, you know, not playing at a hundred percent. You hear it all, all, all the time the after the starts. NHL playoffs, right? Like you hear these guys are like, Oh yeah, he was playing on a broken ankle for like eight series. And you're like, I don't know how that's possible. And like, this guy's got no back. And like this guy shoulder was like backwards the whole time and he was still playing. So yeah, it, it's tough, tough business. I also hate that it happened against you, though. It's just very typical. And it is, again, you're using too much of your luck up now, and I think even now you know it. I don't feel like it was lucky, though. I still scored over 100 points. So yeah, but so. I think you have to at least acknowledge things are lining up for you at this point. You are very well aware of how much luck plays into fantasy football. And you've got a good team. It's just too bad it's peaking now. The best team. I mean, it's been peaking for eight weeks, so I don't Well, I, Exactly. It's, uh, it's about to get a little bit better, but um, so currently in trade talks with Harsh, there's, there are, things are happening. Things are happening. So, sure about that? Um, are you yeah, sure? Um, you might want to check your, you check your sources on that one. I know, but uh, is, is someone in this podcast trading for CMC? I don't know about that. I just, I think maybe the trade market might have dried up for you a second ago. <laughs> Why? What? It, this is um, it's getting pretty wild because so okay, I'll, I'll, I'll we may as well just talk about it here. Um, we, Harsh and I had a deal in place. Uh, I would send him Leonard Fournette, and he would send me Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, um, "Send the deal whenever you are ready." And so I did. I sent it to him, and then that was. Um, that was at 4:10, and I texted him 10 minutes ago, and I said, "Are you going to accept?" And he said, "Hold on, my Uh-oh. my CMC trade might be falling apart." And I wasn't aware that our our deal was conditional on a uh, a third party, but um, I don't know. A little bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really appreciate that right now. So I'm, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot Harsh a message right now that you're like openly talking about his negotiations. <laughs> That's unbelievable. He backed out on a deal. It should have happened already. I mean, I'm looking at the the sleeper window, and I haven't seen any trades go through. So it sounds like nothing is set in stone. Eric sounds like he's very inside baseball. Yeah, I know. He knows something. There's a a great scene in Moneyball where Brad Pitt is trying to wheel and deal with the Mets. And he knows that the San Francisco Giants are also trying to make a deal for the same relief pitcher. And so he calls the San Francisco Giants and offers them some like garbage relief pitcher for like a bag of peanuts just to dry up the market for the New York Mets. So they have to give him the guy he wants. I'm not saying that's what's happening right now, but I'm just I wanted to throw that scenario out there for you. Yeah. Who's the bag of peanuts in this scenario? I guess. I mean, the the thing, a trade proposal just withdrawn, by the way. So if harsh if you're listening retroactively, we is it McNichols? Um, okay, so I mean the truth the, the truth is that um, I actually think it's a fair deal, and I would be happy with either side. And so, like, if he wants to back out, I actually like I'm happy to keep Fournette. I I, th- I was going back and forth on the deal anyway. I just thought it was interesting that it was like some sort of we were going to have some pieces fall into place here and have a couple of big trades. But okay, so here let me just a second. Uh, I want, I'll tell you the trade that I have going on and I want Brendan and Kevin's genuine advice on it. And if they tell me that I should do it, then I'll do the trade and your wallet trade will go through. 
So you, good. so you are the one. You are the one trading. Okay. Yeah. I know that makes sense. Okay. Go ahead. And now I'm, this is awesome. Go. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I'm surprised you're that excited about Waller. Before we get into that, I, I'm. I mean, like, I need an upgrade. Tight end's clearly my weakest spot, and uh, I, I think Waller is. Uh, Waller's a good player. He's been a little bit slow to start the season, but he's literally like. Isn't he like day to day? No, he practiced in full today. Not looking great. No, that was good. I had to give Harsh a little update on what was happening live on the pod. Um, all right. So the trade offer I have received from Harsh is I would receive CMC and Dalton Schultz for Amari Cooper and Travis Kelsey. Whoa. So the way I see this trade, and I like I was really in it, and now I'm kind of getting cold feet here. So I'll give you sort of my feel about it. If Christian McCaffrey comes back healthy and becomes the starting running back, like this is the type of deal that could potentially win me a league. You get the best running back in fantasy, or like potentially, especially with with Derrick Henry out. Um, and then Dalton Schultz has been getting consistent targets every week you know, six, seven targets, obviously a big downgrade from Travis Kelsey, but uh, Travis Kelsey has also for a number of weeks, not looked particularly good, but I'm worried that I'm just looking at the small sample of this week. And that's really shading my kind of feeling about it. Also Amari Cooper, I feel like is a little bit of a sell high right now. I was kind of mad at myself for not trying to sell high after week one, because I never really believed in Amari Cooper. And so I feel like that's sort of tainting my, uh, tinting my, feelings about him right now um but also Amari Cooper has had a hammy injury for the whole season and then last week was the first week that he looked like kind of back to health again and so I worry that I just rode through his hammy injury to give him to Harsh for him to then be awesome for the rest of the season um so yeah what do you think instant reaction Kevin's laughing I sort I sort of view Kelsey and and CMC as very similar in like they both like what you could say about CMC being a swing for the rest of the season is the same as Kelsey. Like Kelsey's a buy low right now because of that whole chiefs offense, knowing what they can do. They just haven't done it. And then, so I would probably rather have Kelsey personally, because he's going to get his, like, he's going to have to throw him the ball. Like he's got him and Tyree kill. Like that's it. Whereas in um, and Carolina he's actively. Yeah. But Carolina, even the health thing aside, like Carolina's, four and four like they're not terribly out of it but Darnold looks like shit now and are they even like does it even behoove them to play him all that much like really like are we that far away from why is Christian touching the ball 25 times and they lose two more weeks so yeah maybe um, that's true and the way that I was kind of thinking about that is that they are four and four so they do have an incentive because there's seven playoff teams and the NFC wildcard situation right now is like super up in the air like they could absolutely be a wildcard and but you're right if they lose two more weeks like if he doesn't play this week and they lose and sam darnold continues to look like shit then you're right they probably will just shut him down like they did last year this is actually so fascinating because today i was um sitting there thinking about christian mccaffrey and if i would want to trade for him and it just made me so scared like you know like i just hamstring injuries and what happened last year. And it's like the Carolina Panthers are just feels like they're so nebulous about what, like how they want to handle it and everything. And um, like, it feels so good. And if it works out, absolutely could be a league winner, but like 
me personally, like, oh man, I, I, I just, I'm always going to like the worst case scenario, whereas like, you're just sitting there and he's just like on your bench for the rest of the season hurt. And you're like, mm-hmm. But so the other thing about that, like if I'm harsh, like I actually like, I think that's kind of a mismanagement of assets because he's had him sitting on his bench this whole time. Like if he was going to trade him anyways, you trade him earlier and you get yeah. someone usable for a while. And that's why you're five and three now, pal. It seems like you're looking at it like, oh, what can I do to like swing for the fences and like, um, you know, win the league. But like, I'm kind of more inclined to look at it the opposite. Like, how do I not end up in the mm. Pronley? Uh, I live in fear of the Pronley. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I don't need to go there again. And, um, you know, you're down in the trenches with, with us three and fives. CMC seems like a good way to either swing for the fences or win a Pronley. Yeah. Like yeah. I'd be really worried. And like Kelsey has been like, you know, he's been low, but like his low is still like playing and like, you know, at least catching some passes. Right. Okay. So I think what I'm hearing from this um, is that neither of you believe that Dalton Schultz is like a usable tight end. No, my other comment on that, though, would be like, I think that if I, it's interesting that there's a piece of the Cowboys offense going each way, because if I buy into Amari Cooper, I also buy into Schultz. So my whole thing is if Dak's healthy and that offense is cooking, I'd rather take 10 from Schultz than like 18 from Cooper, if you know what I mean, because I think that out helps balance it out. So I think they actually go hand in hand because otherwise it's it's going to be CD or it's going to be Cooper, but it could theoretically always be one of them. Right. OK, so the other thing I think. I don't know, Brendan, if I'm looking at it in either of those ways. I got a trade offer and I went, okay, does this improve my lineup? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, sure, the Pronley is within the realm of possibilities for me this season, but also I'm only one game back in the division and I have tiebreakers on Kevin and Shar. So I'm still in a decent position if I win a couple of games here. Um, but yeah, so I look at it and I go, okay, right now I have four wide receivers that I like starting Michael Pittman and DK Metcalf are never coming out of my lineup if they're not on buys. They've both been absolute studs for me. And so then every week it's going to be a decision like matchup wise or who's more injured or has a quarterback problem between Kadarius Tony and Amari Cooper. I might decide in two weeks that Kadarius Tony is actually not good and I can't play him. That's very much a possibility, but I'm looking at it as Amari Cooper might be expendable on my team. Um, so then my lineup, if I trade, if I make this trade, my lineup becomes Cordero Patterson and Christian McCaffrey, which to me, the upside there at running back is incredible. Cordero Patterson has been so consistent. Um, and Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. And then I would have DK and Michael Pittman at wide receiver. And then my flex, I'm looking at uh, Kadarius Tony, or if it doesn't work out, I have, um, what's his name? Jeremy McNichols, who I still think will be the number one running back in Tennessee, regardless of this Adrian Peterson, you know, dusting off the dusting off the cleats situation. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm not. I, I'm very on the fence about it. It scares the shit out of me, but it also has such potential. Like that would be the situation where I would like slam the like trade through. Is like if I was in a situation where I didn't care if CMC really played. Mm. Like Kelsey in his current form, like. I mean, I hope he improves. I think he's going to improve. I hope Mahomes figures this shit out. Like, he hasn't been playing to the standard of, you know, the last last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kelsey's value, like, hinges a lot on that. But if I were in a situation where, you know, I could live without CMC, maybe you just YOLO it and do hope. But I just, I hate 
like especially like running backs coming off of big injuries like running back is such an unsustainable position for people in good health mm. verdict wise for me um as much as i don't want anthony to get waller i think it would be a mistake to get rid of kelsey when he is Mahomes' safety blanket and they need to win so i think i would i would rather have kelsey than cmc as and you always win the trade with the best player in my opinion mm, interesting okay I'm a coward. I would pass. All right. Too. Okay. Huh. Send. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting thing about all of this is um, that Harsh told me that he didn't need, because originally we had like a couple weeks ago, we had briefly talked and he, and I said like, I could include Noah Fant in the deal for Waller plus something just so he had a replacement level tight end. And so I, I hit him back up again yesterday and I said, are you still interested in Fant and, and are you still interested in selling Waller? And he said, yes, but I don't need Fant anymore because I have Schultz. So now it's interesting to me that somehow my deal for Waller depends on him getting Kelsey when he was so confident that uh, Dalton Schultz would be the answer. So I don't really know what's going on there. It's um, it's mysterious. Maybe you got a little bit of cold feet or something. I think there's just, is what's happening i think he just got it blown up in his face (laughs) (laughs) am i gonna have to like embargo this uh podcast for a couple days until this this settles (laughs) on be a good way to know if anyone listens (laughs) i mean yeah i mean like like i said um i'm i'm happy with the trade but i'm also happy holding on to fournette because i feel like i can move him somewhere else and so i don't know I don't know. It's just interesting. It's we felt like we were so close to like a three, like a couple of big deals, and now everyone is just kind of crumbling. But this is the nature of the of the business. I've got my own little trade uh, offer open. If we were we're talking trades right. still, sure. I, uh, I picked up a quarterback I might not need this morning. A guy by the name of Jordan Love. <laughs> he is so motivated. So right motivated. Now. So this is not a real um, trade offer, or this is. I did. I sent. It I sent him a trade offer for Jordan Love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could also use a tight end. Ironically, one that I dropped on week two. So you know, I feel like there's a little bit of. Uh... Can you hear that? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> a fucking cat. Um. Can you grab him? Thank you. <laughs> um, all right, derailed. No one will ever know. Um, a t- tight end that I dropped in week two, but um, kind of feel dumb about now. Who's that? Uh, Mike Gesicki. Number four tight end, baby. Turning Kevin season. Not, yeah. I didn't reject the trade because I wanted to talk about it, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, it's dumb. It's not happening. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make it's sense team to name. trade a good tight end for a streaming quarterback. Like, you know. Who has was, literally was... never started a game in the NFL. And it, it's it's the Chiefs, too. But uh, Man, this is the – this is it. it it's, a, it's a weird way to end a career in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, but um, – What a – Yeah. What a – I don't know what the right word what is. A what a seven-game winning streak. Yeah. I wonder who he plays for next year after he runs Denver. himself out of the building. That's my prediction. I still think Russell Wilson's going to Denver. Mm. Okay. 
Oh man, we got who's we have more, so many who's things more to of talk a weenie. About. I think uh, and who's more of a weenie, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Right Rogers. Now? It's Rodgers now because it's a health yeah, concern. Probably, I can't. Yeah. I told you, like Russ is yeah. just a weird dude. Um, th- so the thing with Rodgers though is, I actually before this, I, I don't know that uh, the ramifications are going to be because like now they're investigating whether to like the club handled them properly. Did he lie to the club? Cause the only other thing that's come up like this in pro sports is like lying about that is Vander Kane. And San- <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> he gave, uh, yeah. Okay. Ha ha. Talkie. But like, it's the only other example that he legitimately gave like a fake ID. It's like, I am 12 and maybe that will completely sewer the relationship. But I was like, as this season's gone on, like Roger's been excellent. And I, all he's done is prove that he was right about him still playing at that level. So I was more expecting them to deal Jordan Love to one of these middling teams at the end of the year and him stay. No, 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 no. They're going to keep Jordan Love and they're going to, they're going to try and usurp Aaron Rodgers. I'm Absolutely. Really interested to hear like what happened at the start of the season. Cause so what we now know is that Aaron Rodgers had some weird ass homeopathy treatment petitioned the NFL to let him use that instead of a vaccine. They said no. And then he went on a press conference and said he is immunized, not vaccinated, immunized, which we don't even have to get into that, but then was walking around and has been behaving for the rest of the season as if he is vaccinated. So Mm -hmm. did the team so he hasn't though he hasn't been behaving like he's vaccinated from what i was reading the team has known that his nfl status is unvaccinated since the beginning of the year and that when he's been in the building he has been acting as if he is an unvaccinated player like he's been doing all of the protocols in the building wearing masks and whatever in team meetings and stuff the only exception to that is that he wasn't wearing a mask during a press conference and there's some controversy potentially about whether he is required to and there's like it's not clear because the rule just says you have to be wearing a mask indoors in team facilities it's hard to say like is the media room a team facility or whatever that's the questionable thing that i'm seeing i mean we could get into like legal arbitration but like in my eyes he's like lied by omission here like pretty clearly yeah but what i'm saying is it it doesn't like it depends on who he lied to like he certainly lied to us but the team was aware that he was not vaccinated the whole time I'm not passing the blame when I say this, but there is a bit of a uh, fault on the journalists that were asking that question and didn't pick up on the fact that he very clearly didn't say vaccinated. Like, like they're, but that's I'm not, not blaming them, no, no. but that's that's a big miss on your job. It literally says immunized. Now it sounds hilarious. You look back, he was, he was he was careful with his words. Your job is to use and no words. Like I think it's fair no, to criticize but, him. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just I'm saying it's fair to criticize that. But. No, the thing is that he thinks he's immunized from a homeopathic treatment, but he's not immunized. Well, he could also be saying that because he's had it before, right? So if he has the antibodies, again, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. I don't agree with any of this. I'm just saying as a reporter, you like think about some of the stories that come out, how deep these guys have to dive. And he literally had a quote that said, I'm immunized at the height of, hey, are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? Oh, I'm immunized. And the guy didn't think to follow up. Sorry, was that a vaccination or... I mean, yeah, press right. conferences aren't exactly the best places for like back and forth questions. I think that if someone asks you a question and you answer something that sounds like that, like if, hey, are you vaccinated? Yes, I am immunized. Like you're lying if you say I that. Sure are. And you're I sure I totally vaccinated. agree with Kevin. I think this is on reporters. And like, I think that, you know, the back and forth can happen. 
at a press conference, you know, it's up to somebody to ask that question. And I'm not saying that they were like negligent. I think just no one caught it. And now it looks hilarious. Yeah. It, again, it, I'm not passing the blame on anyone. It's, it's, it's unsafe what Rogers is doing. I absolutely believe in the vaccine, all that sort of thing. But it is your job. It is your job <laughs> as the reporter there. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I really, the end of this is that it is very funny. This whole thing is funny. He is just, it's so delicious. <laughs> I have been posting that picture of him laying on the ground sideways, looking very surprised from a couple weeks back everywhere today. It just cracks me up. Yeah. It's my new team photo. <laughs> Did you, he has been posting that also today. I saw on Facebook, Aaron Rodgers is giving away Bitcoin on Facebook today, like 500 Bitcoin. And he's posting that picture of himself. Oh my God. That's like a scam. That's got to be a scam. He is just—he is just the weirdest guy. I'm sorry. At least you know what you're getting with Russell Wilson. <laughs> Do you though? Okay. Do you? Because cool. I actually think yeah. Rogers is like true and like open with like he just doesn't really care how he gets portrayed. Whereas I feel like I don't actually know Russell Wilson because he is just. This uh, yeah, I disagree. I think Aaron Rodgers is like the one of the most like sensitive patties in the yeah, league. Yeah, those are personality traits that you have garnered through his interactions with the media as being authentic. Whereas Russ is just a walking robot that Pete Carroll drafted in the third round and is cultivated in the in the, the bowels of uh, Lumen Field. Who who wins in a fight, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Rodgers or Wilson has the power of God and anime on his side. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's Russell. That guy will not quit. Rodgers would have to kill Russell Wilson before he stopped fighting, and I don't think Rodgers could do that. I think like week one or two, Tony made some crack about Aaron Rodgers having like big divorce dad energy. And it just keeps getting more and more true. It's just yeah, too funny. Right? Have you seen those images, like the pictures from his Hawaii vacation with his wife and Miles Teller? And he looks like <laughs> the super old man that has the young girlfriend that he doesn't know how to fit in with the young kids. And... <laughs> Yikes. Oh, I love it. I mean, there's a possibility he misses two weeks. Like he still has to wait 10 days and then test Ooh. negative twice. I don't know. Anything can happen to unvaccinated Rogers. So, so back to the original question of who's more annoying between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think to me, it's clearly Russell Wilson, but uh, Aaron Rodgers seems like a normal ish guy to me, actually, despite this whole situation. Like, I, I completely agree. Not. You think he's not, he like, he has like forsaken. We have no family. idea like, about yeah, why that is though. His brother also went on the bachelor. So. Or was the bachelor or whatever. Like, I think if I met Aaron Rodgers and had a conversation with him, I would be able to have a normal human conversation and he wouldn't end it with go Hawks. There is. (laughs) (laughs) What is Russ going to do with that pin that was in his finger? I say he's going to mount it in like the dressing room or the weight room to remind all the young guys about how hard he sacrifices and how hard he works. He can do something stupid with Probably it. Probably going to attach it it's, to the back of a cross and wear it on his chest for the rest of his life. Pin it to his shirt. Oh, what if he wears it as a necklace and then he, like, breaks it oh out? Oh, my God. If they make the playoffs, they're going to do something with that. Like, maybe, you know, like, at the end of each game, someone gets, like, a hard hat or you get, like, the shield. It's like you get Russ's <laughs> pin for trying artists. Russ's pin is going to raise the 12th flag, the 12th man flag. I think it's definitely on a trophy plinth somewhere. Whether it's at their house or in the facility, I I don't know. 
but also it's definitely was, was there anything more predictable than the Seahawks giving us too long of a timeline for Russell Wilson to come back so they could act like he's this like mega, mega <laughs> we said that like four weeks ago we're like obviously he's going to be like it's I don't want to downplay it because it's all like it's 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 an injury and everything but it's a fucking finger like you can stay literally as healthy as you can be it's not like you hurt your ankle it's not like you hurt your knee I just I find it sad the play that it's getting really like and it's only because it's Russ. It's so good. It's so good. I'm not saying like I I th- I just think it's hilarious. It's so entertaining. You just get mm-hmm. to sit back and watch. Okay, so it's, one more thing. Awesome. I think we probably should put a pin in this and move on to the other things. But nice. like, didn't uh, oh, I didn't even mean to. But I'll you can edit out <laughs> me saying I didn't mean to. So it seems like I knew. Um, <laughs> when you were mentioning that he could go to Denver, I can see that. But I would say I can't imagine Russell Wilson ever playing in a state that has a like Republican leaning populace, because I think the chance of him, like he sees his NFL career as his like path to the U S Senate. And he has been playing that for his entire career. And I don't see him running as a Republican. Um, Maybe that's like, unfortunately because he's a black guy, to be honest, but like is also just because of the way he presents himself on the internet. I genuinely think the second he retires, he's running for Congress. And so Seattle is a great place. Denver would be a great place. California is a great place, but he will not go to like Dallas or, you know, Miami or something like that, where he doesn't have a chance to win. Wow. That, that's a nuance. Cool. I like Two that points. There. Uh, a, he loves him some Jesus. Yes. Lots of Democrats that is, love that Jesus. Is a dis- that, yeah. That's a requirement. I think, I think that he could pull the like, I'm a Democrat, but like one of those center of the aisle you know, right. and that's what I see. I don't know. I'm one of those yeah. cool Democrats. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a Joe Manchin for sure. <laughs> oh fuck! Let's not get into politics. We already talked about COVID. Okay, moving on to speaking of rules, um, should we talk about Adrian Peterson? Yeah, give us give us the recap of what happened. I don't I don't want to. Um, We're gonna mischaracterize it. I <laughs> I simply was taking a poop at 8.18 in the morning and I saw that the Titans were interested in working out Adrian Peterson so I typed his name into the sleeper app I saw that he was available and I clicked add and uh and then all hell broke loose so apparently. this was Tuesday morning Monday morning N- no this was Monday morning. Monday morning either way yep. so it was on a morning where waivers should players should have been on waivers until Wednesday um, players who have played a game that week should have been um, players who were signed to a team that played a game that yeah, week. Yeah, so as soon Correct. as he did get signed, yes, but he was he not signed, signed. Yeah, but that's the key. Waivers. Like that immediately happened. So, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't interrupt. I'll say my bit after Brendan. No, but so that's the problem is that when Tony went to pick him up, he had not yet signed with the Titans and therefore was not put on waivers. Had Correct. he signed with the Titans, he would have been put into waivers to be picked up today or Wednesday this morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. He also could have not signed with them. And then I would have just wasted, uh, I would have just dropped the player that, you know, I would rather have. And then I would have been stuck with Adrian Peterson and wouldn't have to drop and then pick someone else up again. So like, it is a little bit risky, but like, 
you know, it worked out. I don't know. I mean, like it's in like, we can, I guess we can discuss if we want to change the rule in the off season, but I think as far as this goes, it's, um, it's perfectly within the, like, I think it's perfectly allowed. One of my least favorite hobbies is agreeing with Anthony, but I do in this case, I, um, and I actually like, I'm obviously not happy about the Rogers thing because I mean, it's my quarterback, but, um, I like the Jordan. I'm kind of glad the Jordan love thing happened today because that was my whole point to Brandon when we were talking about it on the weekend is like, he was adamant that the waivers going in on Monday is players are locked because injuries happen on Sunday. See, was like the, the general gist that I got from it. And I'm sure he had different points, but my whole thing was like, news comes out, people get hurt in practice. And like, if that happens on a Thursday and someone sees the news first and they scoop them up like that, like we've done that forever. So I don't know why that's a big deal. And he just, I actually think that the love thing helps illustrate that. Um, I don't love it, but I'm also very much a, the rules are the rules, which he was correct about. Um, but I'm open to adjusting it in the offseason. So, okay. Before I say this, I will caveat it with, when I heard the news, I knew that he was a free agent and immediately went to try to do exactly what Anthony did. <laughs> <laughs> because I know that the rules are the rules and I would have absolutely taken advantage of them. Um, I also think to like give Brandon some credit he did acknowledge himself that the thing that actually pissed him off was not that the rules were the rules but that you didn't seem in his mind to be willing to have a conversation about whether it was fair and we're just like immediately going to troll him which you kind of did so I think there was a little bit there of like it wasn't just that he was mad about this rule on the other hand though I agree with you guys I don't actually see a distinction between somebody between this happening on a Sunday or a Monday and this happening on a Thursday like, I think that it's the same. Um, and I think that we saw some things earlier in the season, like when Gus Edwards got injured, you know, everybody ran and picked up Le'Veon Bell and, and Devonta Freeman. Like, that's not different. It's just who heard the news first is able to make the call. It doesn't matter the waivers. And also from a technical perspective, I'm not actually even sure how you would make a call of when people who are NFL free agents get locked to waivers. Like, do they get locked as soon as the Thursday game starts? Do they get locked on Sunday morning? Like, what if you lock everybody on Thursday and then somebody signs on, on Saturday and is starting on Sunday and they would have been like, would have really helped in somebody's lineup? You know, like, how do you, how do you make that work? And so I really think that the only way to do it is to go with the suggestion that I said in the group chat, which is you have waivers every day and there's just never free agency and everybody always has at least 24 hours to see some news and put in a waiver claim. And the only issue there is, it's not actually 24 hours because if news breaks at 8.45 and waivers clear at 9 a.m., you still have only 15 minutes to get your waiver claim in. But it does, like, it's going to limit most of those situations. So, Yeah, I think it's a good solution. I'd be worried about Sunday mornings. I don't know if there's a way to to fix that. Like, waivers run at 8 a.m. on Sunday, and then you have two hours where players are free agents just for, like, last-minute inactives and stuff. But um, I think... Yeah, I mean, I kind of like just uh, just one last thing. I kind of like the aspect of like free agents and and like picking guys up when you. I don't know. I, there is something about it that just like staying on top of things that kind of adds to the the allure of, of fantasy football. But I also understand that people have jobs and stuff and can't always be doing. Yeah, that. I agree that there is like a rush that you get of like hearing hearing news yeah. and immediately <laughs> yeah. opening the app and seeing. You have no idea how excited I was to pick up Adrian Peterson. And uh, even though he's probably going to be terrible, like I I don't think he's going to be good, but like it's still exciting. Sorry, Brandon, what were you going to say? I think to me, a non-zero part of this is how entertaining Brandon is when he's worked up. 
Like he's just really <laughs> fucking funny when he gets on big rants and like picturing him go on these rants is like sustained like a lot of why this is funny to me. And like, I totally do agree with him that it's not a great system. And uh, as someone that mostly checks fantasy football news for the first time, while I'm taking my morning poop at like 11 or 12, like I am frequently like, oh shit, I'd love to go pick this person up and someone picked them up at 8 a.m. Uh, Eric uh, kind of um, introduced this like waivers every day thing or told me or taught, mentioned this waivers every day thing uh, like very early in this season. And I was like, this sounds amazing. This is exactly what I want. I think it makes the most sense to resolve the waivers at a time like midnight. Like I like that the waivers go through at midnight because it means that there's no news happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it should be a time because eight in the morning, like there can be news on the East Coast coming out of practice reports and stuff like that. Yeah, so midnight does make sense or even like three in the morning, something like that. So, so I think my ideal system is that waivers resolve every night at um, midnight, except for Sunday, where you can add a drop players freely. Uh, yeah, I think that that probably makes sense. I think that uh, the only concern with that, I'm not sure if it's technically possible in the sleeper app. I haven't really looked into it. I just know that in the other sleeper league that I'm in, they have waivers every single day. And based on the league settings that I can see, it doesn't look like that would be that easy to do. But I'm sure we can try to figure it out. The other suggestion that I, mean, I made, you sorry, could, ahead, You could do manual ad drops on Sunday, right? Like we have enough people with commissioner power and like enough, like it's very easy to be like, and I think it happens infrequently enough that it's like, you know, Santonia DM, I need to change this player for that player. And like, right. And my suggestion but, to that actually would be like, have, have it lock but have a clear, like everybody in the league knows if you have an actual emergency, like if Calvin Ridley was on your team and you found out like you, there was no reason for you to have a contingency plan. There was no reason for you to think that Calvin Ridley might not be playing. So you didn't have a backup wide receiver that was still available for like a Sunday night game or whatever. You could message a commissioner or even just post in the league and be like, I want this player. Can we put this player in my lineup? And then the commissioner would make the change, but that doesn't mean that you own that player forever. You just have them for that week for that game. And then that player would still go through waivers the normal way on Tuesday. Does that make sense? See, but yeah, it does. But now we're getting more complicated than just having free agents in my opinion, but anyway. yeah, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm just, I think you have waivers every day and you have a contingency plan. If there's a true emergency, I think most people are reasonable too. Like, if I was playing against somebody and they had the Calvin Ridley situation happen to them, I would be like, yeah, of course you need to get a player in there. I don't want to win because of that. So. I mean, I take the W, but otherwise I agree. <laughs> yeah, but they should have like someone on their bench, right? They can put in, they don't always have to like. Yeah. And what up. I'm saying is if it's a situation where it's like a Sunday night game, so everybody on their bench has already played, mm -hmm. like they should, they should be, like right, the goal right, should right, right. be that you have contingency plans and you can put people in. But if there's a situation like that where, like, mm -hmm. you did your best, you had no way of knowing that information was going to come out, like, 20 minutes before mm -hmm. game time on Sunday night game. You have nobody left. You don't want to just, like, let that person, you know, flap in the breeze. See, like, I'm all for punishing negligence. Like, if you didn't – or if you forgot that your quarterback was on by and they – or. Yeah, it, like if you do something where like, oh, someone's injured and then they didn't play on a day when they were supposed to and you just like didn't check, like, yeah, you fucked up. You know, I've done it. I think pretty much as everyone's done it like that, you know, yeah, you should get punished. But if you're trying and you're actively like paying attention 
and like it backfires or it doesn't backfire it's just like something that like that that happens that's just completely ridiculous like it seems weird to like punish that i can't wait for adrian peterson to end the season with 22 carries for like 72 yards and that he's going to be like the reason that we changed it i like the waivers every day thing but i do also agree with anthony that if we get it too complicated it's kind of like what are you what are you doing here but anyways yeah because the nice thing about the sleeper app is that you just if the app you just do what the app lets you do and then it like it's so good right so if there is a way i feel like i i feel like there's got to be a way to set it so like waivers run on like Saturday, whatever, Saturday, Sunday, however you want to uh, word it. And then like Sunday, Monday, you have free agents and then you're back again um, on Tuesday, I feel like. Cause like you also have Monday night games you have to worry about and, and shit happens on Monday night too. People are questionable and you want to be able to pick stuff up and whatnot. So um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like a, a good conversation for the off season, but I think that like everyone here agrees that like regardless of whether like it seems like like what Tony did, the sleeper app is allowed it, therefore it's yep. allowed. And like reversing things that have happened is like a really bad yeah. precedent to set. You know, that's like that's like going back to Harsh last episode and uh, <laughs> reversing trades for people. It's just like, you know, yeah. it happened and maybe it's not great, but. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. mostly just surprised that he like existed in the sleeper app and was teamless. Like, are like, is there like a big? They have lots of free agents. Backlog of yeah, these like retired running backs is free. From agents. what I can see, it's only he's not retired. People though. who have declared retirement or haven't been on a team for a full three hundred sixty-five days. Like, you can't go on there and pick up Calvin Johnson, mm -hmm. but you can pick up anybody who was on a roster mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, that ended up generating a lot of buzz in a bunch of group chats over the week, but, like, it seems like mostly it just made a good conversation about uh, waivers and ad drops and free. He's available. He's available for trade. <laughs> Anyone is interested? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never bet against okay, Adrian so before Peterson. we, yeah, before we, like, completely move on from rule changes, I have another rule change that I think will make the league so much better next year and I want to run it by you guys. So I've talked to Brendan about this. I think he's already in, but I wanted to bring it to the podcast. And what it is abolish uh, kickers. No, abolish kickers. I think we've hashed that one out a number of times and I'm sure we will again in the off season. But uh this is with respect <laughs> to the new length of the NFL season. So this year we had to figure out what we need to do with week 14. We decided to do rivalry week. I think that's fine, but I think there is a way better way to treat week 14. And that is with respect to tiebreakers. So with a 14-team league, the 13-week regular season is so nice because you can play every single team in the league exactly once. So what I propose is you play every single team in the league exactly once, and anybody you are tied with after 13 weeks, you play in week 14. So if there are five teams tied for the last wildcard spot, they play a massive five-way week 14 game and the winner makes it into the playoffs. If there are two teams tied for that bye week, like they play in week 14 for the chance to have the bye week. Does that mean you would not do other no, head-to-head no tiebreakers? Tiebreakers would strictly be 
week 14. If you happen to get into week 14 and you're not playing, you're not tied with anybody, you effectively have a bye. But I think it makes it so interesting because the whole week 14, like all of the games that are going on have like complete seating implications. Yeah, I got to digest it. I like the concept, but to me, my first concern would be it almost sounds like it, it, it would effectively make the divisions pointless. Right? Yeah, so I would have a, a follow-up that we shouldn't have divisions personally, but that's a different conversation. Like, I think divisions divisions oh, made a lot of sense when we had a 12-team league with a 13-week regular mm-hmm. season. So you had you played everybody in your division twice and you played everybody else once. And that made sort of like the divisional games really mattered and whatever. But I think right now, we don't even, like we actually play the other division more than we play our own division in the current setup because it made sense for rivalry weeks. And so the divisions are kind of just like a meaningless way to make it more spicy, which maybe is useful in some respects. I, I don't think it's meaningless. I think it makes it more spicy, like, because your division games matter more, especially at the end of the year. They, they do matter more. Like, when, like, every year when we do, like, the playoff, like, breakdown in the last, like, three or four weeks, like, these division games matter so much. And I think I like that aspect of it personally. But, but they, matter be- Go ahead, sorry. they matter because you're fighting against them for spots in their rankings. Mm-hmm. But... If you have everyone in the same division, that argument also holds, doesn't it? Like it just means yeah, that you're just makes, fighting against them. Some ga- yeah, it's true. Uh, no, I agree. It just makes some games like extra, like more special than others. It yeah. just adds a little extra flair. But like, why? Why do we need to get rid of divisions to we do don't. this? Wild we don't. Party? It just makes like the whole point—not the whole point, but a large part part of the divisions—is actually making those divisions games like worth more. You're in your own little like little battle thing. But it, like what Eric said off the top about being one game back of Shar and our Shar and I, and we both have, he's got a game in hand on us or he's already got the tiebreaker. Like that's an advantage that Eric has because he did well early in the season against his division that goes away with this because at the end of the season, if Eric Harsh and I, or Eric Shar and I are all tied, that doesn't matter because it comes down to week 14. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it does matter because he took wins off you still. It matters a little less, but it still matters, I, right? I guess. So, so like, but also, like, like, think about it. You guys would be whatever, like, well back of a playoff spot if we were all in one division. But, you know, this is what having divisions does. It gives, I think it gives extra people uh, a run at the end of the end of the year, like, to, I mean, to make playoffs sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's fun. I don't actually think that's true that we I mean, would be like, back of a playoff spot. I think that um, we'd be at the same amount back of a playoff spot right now. Like your division has three teams that are doing quite well and a number of teams that have poor records. Like we'd be pretty close. My, my reason for not having divisions is actually the same as my reasoning for having fractional points and no bonuses and getting rid of kickers is that I think it reduces the luck factor in fantasy football that already has so much luck. Like if you get rid of divisions and you just have the six teams with the best records make the playoffs, that is how it should be. And like divisions were a construct in sports leagues in the early 1900s because flying between places was expensive. That doesn't exist. In- Sherry, are oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, I'll buy into that. Then would you support the idea that you play two games every week, one against your opponent and one against the median score of the league? Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I don't, I don't know. It's less exciting to me. But it like is. it's the same argument, right? Like that would that would um, reduce yeah, the amount of luck. Yeah, it's true. And but then you could just take it further and be like, why don't we just play, you know, a best ball league where the highest number of points wins or whatever? Like, so I, yeah, I realize I know, that right? I, no, I'm that is the ultimate. Like I'm trying to find the yeah. sweet spot, and my belief on where the sweet spot is is different than yep. somebody else's. But 
Cheap um, point, Eric. That yeah, schedule that's... works out really well. You play every team once, and then you get that the tie break. And if you did well enough, hey, you kind of have the week off and get to sit back and because you know one mm-hmm. year there's going to be like a four way tie and like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the things that appeal to me the most are how nice it works out with the week structure with a fourteen team, and then it adds an a week where some people are on buys but they also have a bunch of games that they want to watch like a bunch of fantasy games that they want to watch that they have some like skin in the game as well like one of my least favorite things about fantasy football is how anticlimactic the like last week is like there's four people that really care about the outcomes and most other people are kind of just like half watching Mm -hmm. in my experience where like I think that this week 14, like if we look at week 13 of last year, we have division one, Shar at first place was eight and five, and then Kyle and Kenny tied for seven and six in the other league, or the other division rather. And then in the other division, we have a three-way tie for first with James, Mike, and Harsh. And so we've got a three-way game and a one-on-one where they're playing for like big implications in the division. Yeah, and I think the other thing that always sucks about the last week like I used to write up those, like, what are the scenarios of who wins and who loses things in the group every year. But a lot of the years, the scenarios would get so unbelievably convoluted that when you're trying to track who's going to make the playoffs in week 13, it's like, okay, so Justin's winning and Kyle's winning and Kevin's winning. So that means if Kyle outscores Kevin by 46 this week, then he'll make the playoffs. You get rid of that completely. You just have like, this person wins this game. They're in the playoffs. I kind of like that shit though. (laughs) Yeah, I had fun doing those last year with uh, with Tony. I mean, fun in like a way that like I'm glad I only had to do them for like two weeks. And I, I don't know if you're ever gonna solve the issue that like the semifinals and finals only you know matter to four people because it's just always gonna be the case. Yeah, unless we do like a group, unless we do like a team event for the finals, that would be like mm-hmm. the only way. Like we somehow do like a wind up party for the the last Sunday of the fantasy season which 100 i for. mean that would be super fun that would be super fun but that's really the only way you're going to get people like interested because yeah i mean like the years that you know i go out in the playoffs or don't make the playoffs like it, you know i i tangentially will follow what's happening but i'm not like invested and i just don't think it's fair to expect people to to care no i'm not saying that they should i'm just saying that this adds another week where like there's interesting things going on mm-hmm I mean, but like week 14 is yeah. already interesting if everyone's playing each other for other reasons. Anyway, talk about it in the offseason. So, yeah, interesting idea. I, I do need to think about it, actually. It's not something I had ever considered. Okay, we got half an hour. Do we want to go through the games for this week or do we want to do our bad quarterbacks draft? Bad QB draft. Yeah, let's All do All right, that. so here's what we're going to do. Uh, I have not yet decided the order. I'm going to randomize us four, and then we are going to do a snake draft for two rounds. You have to pick a quarterback that is starting this week in the NFL. Lowest. I need to find a list. Lowest. Somewhere. Lowest score wins, um, and the loser with the highest score is going to shotgun, as is tradition. Okay, so who, what happens if you? draft a quarterback that doesn't play do you just get an automatic 30 points or something is that hmm uh i hadn't thought about that that much 
Um, well, like, so what would the scenario be? Like, he loses his job, or like, like Sam Darnold or Carolina is questionable, or something? and PJ right. Walker might play. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that. <laughs> Hold on, I'm you just draft NFL teams, wants. and then whoever is the starter for that team, That's you just have probably on that a good week. way around it. Yeah. That's true. Think, How about that's the way that if your quarterback is, you just like if he gets ruled out or whatever, right. you just get whoever comes. I in. think that after the draft, if you want to switch out your quarterbacks before, uh, like if you want to, do they have to go through waivers? <laughs> in this case, no. If you really want to switch out teams, uh, I'll do the bookkeeping okay. for it. But uh, okay, so let's randomize the numbers. It's going to be Tony. Brendan, Kevin, Eric. Ooh, the swing. Okay. Okay. Whew. Um, I am going to take um, first overall pick in the bad QB draft. Um, we will be taking none other than Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, up against Buffalo. Are the Steelers on by? Um Steelers. So you're taking Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Hey, uh, is uh, is Tyrod Taylor back starting again, or is he still out? There's a possibility that he's coming back. I think we're looking at the same two teams, Eric. Um, <laughs> ah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I want to piss Brandon off and take Carson Wentz, but I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to take the Carolina quarterback. Either going to be Sam Darnold, who's looked awful the last few weeks, or P.J. Walker, which who could actually get some rushing yards, so that might not work out well. Nice pick. That's right. That is where I was going with that pick. So uh, I think one of my picks is going to be Baker Mayfield. Oh. It's on the Browns, right? I kind of like that. Uh, And, of course, if he's not playing, then Case Keenum. Will be my fill-in replacement, <laughs> Cleveland quarterback. That's even better. Like, do I go Jordan Love? Because I really didn't buy him as an NFL quarterback coming out of the draft. But also, it's Kansas City. Or no, nope, I'm gonna go Justin Fields on Monday night against Pittsburgh. Oh man, I thought that was my sleeper pick. The end of the draft. That guy Looked is terrible. Good last week in that offense. Yeah, and Matt Nagy's coming back, so that's a negative. I don't think he's like. I think Pittsburgh's defense is sneaky good, actually. That's yeah, I do too. Sorry, I should correct. He's not terrible. He's fine. But the way that Bears fans were crowning him into the Hall of Fame after that one pass where he underthrew a wide open tight end in the preseason, and but he still caught it and went for a touchdown. Um, and they're like, it's, he's making it look so easy. And I just love it. I just love to see the chickens come home to roost on fans. Bears fans are an interesting breed. I knew this guy in university who was the biggest Bears fan, and he would not get off the opinion that Jay Cutler was a top five quarterback. Like Jay Cutler was sick. Yeah, they okay? are wild. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> and you know why? Because he threw the ball to Brandon Marshall nineteen times a game. It's not even a joke. <laughs> I used to. That was one of the reasons I started to really like fantasy football. Back in like the basement of my parents' house in like November, it's dark out early. You get all nice and cozy on the couch, and you got Brandon Marshall on your team in a primetime game. You know Cutler's throwing him the ball 18 times. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. 
on the road in Baltimore. Particularly spicy since I'm probably uh, starting him in my actual fantasy team this week. <laughs> also, not or vocally unvaccinated for those of you keeping track yeah. at home. Uh, you would rather put plexiglass around him than get vaccinated. He also looked terrible last about game. Kirk Cousins. That's cool. <laughs> I'm gonna take mistake. the Jets. Mistake. I think. Uh, uh, I think. I think it's a flash in the pan. He threw two picks. Four touchdowns. And uh, I, we'll see. I think the Colts can uh, can show him what's what. Okay. Um, to round it out, I so want to take Jordan Love, Eric, um, to your point. Uh, um, but uh, I just, I also kind of want him to succeed just to add to the Rogers drama. And also, he's playing Kansas City. So I went through all the same thought process. So I'm just going to pick Trevor Simeon. Um, uh, against Atlanta. I mean, the guy's got no arm and he's going to get vultured by Taysom Hill. I guess I'm either... Well, okay, so this is interesting, actually. I didn't think about this. Like, I mean, Trevor Simeon could start, right. but Taysom mm. Hill could like play like 20% of the snaps because it's Sean Payton. So I don't know what the rules are on that. Yeah, that's actually a good point. If the- we don't have a rule, so I guess you just get Trevor Simeon's points. And if he does two snaps... And then he's out, you won the game. I think there so. should be a snap percentage that if Taysom reaches it, you have to take combined points. Like if he takes 25% of the snaps at quarterback or something like that. Because then that's a legitimate mm. game plan as opposed to, okay, we're on the goal okay. line and we'll just punch him in. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with like 20%. I feel like if he's playing more than 20% of the snaps, then that's clearly I assume a in that situation that you – then if Trevor Simeon is like if Taysom Hill gets named as a starter for for the game, are you running with Taysom Hill? I'll still okay. I'll stick right. I'll stick with Taysom Hill because I actually don't think he's good either. Okay, so we've got our draft. Uh, this this is will be fun. fun. I'm gonna struggle through watching some bad games, I guess, which is you know <laughs> been upsettingly normal for my fantasy team the last couple of weeks. But I think the Mike White go. pick is Mike white pick is actually a little bit ballsy because Thursday night games are crazy. So it would be very, I could see, I don't know. And it's the, it's the goal. <laughs> Sorry, Eric, but. <laughs> I, you know, I was looking at uh, this like survivor picks and it's getting slim. It is. This week is. And I hard. stared long and hard. Who are you going with? Yeah. Long and hard at the Colts on Thursday night. I looked and I was like, but. I can't because like Kevin said, it's the Colts. I don't know. Like, and it's a Thursday. Like that's too many wild things that can happen. Like Carson Wentz going to like, I don't know, fumble it backwards 50 yards and give up a safety or something. So I went with the Steelers on Monday night mm. against uh, that pass that Carson Wentz through. I swear yeah. to God is one of the worst things I've ever seen a pro, a pro player do. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I just can't – I can't imagine picking them in the Survivor and watching him do something like that on Thursday night versus yeah, the Jets. That was pure panic. Like, what are you doing? Play. And I get it, like, but it, it was. And, no. <laughs> oh, man, I felt so bad. I, Brandon was talking about how many people were messaging him. Did you see the clip? It's like, obvious guys off the clip. <laughs> <laughs> um, Have you seen oh, the, no. uh, the memes of the AJ Green controller disconnected? I was bad. Thursday night. Um, <laughs> so when I'm going, like my approach to this survivor is like, I try and think of ways for the team that I'm betting against to win. Like how, how does this team actually upset? So 
like honestly i'm leaning towards the steelers right now despite being a bears fan because like you guys said that defense is really good and they can get after the quarterback and he's struggling to throw right now not under pressure and no one's like Allen Robbins isn't catching the ball and they got Khalil Herbert running it so if like what is the path to victory there Justin Field falls out and then I'm wrong and, and my team did really well and so I'm gonna, probably going to take this and I'll be honest like the Steelers even when they were a, a, like a, a, a top class team had these games where they were huge favorites and would just lay an egg and so like mm-hmm. I'm nervous I'm nervous really really backtracking on that Justin Fields hot take hey eh? guy sucks but I'm nervous about him on Monday night <laughs> it's more of a Ben it's more of a no, it's more of a Ben but, Roethlisberger but even then, tweet than it is like, anything, they throw the ball to be Four honest. yards past the line and give it to Najee Harris, and they just march all the way down the field. Like, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, they do. Can't solve them. Second round pick, baby. Eric, who are you leaning? I'm going. I'm going Cowboys uh, at home against Denver. Uh, that's a good pick. I already used the Cowboys earlier, but um, yeah, Denver's I think Might crashing and Dallas. burning. Yeah, I think very fast. You say you might have to take Dallas? Yeah. I, I sort of did the same thing that you're talking about, Kevin, of trying to figure out how they could win. And I honestly don't see, like, how bad the Denver offense looked against the Browns or whatever it was a few weeks ago. Like, I can't see them being able to move the ball against the Dallas defense. So that's sort of where I went. And then if Dak Prescott's yeah, back, I, I, like, Dallas can definitely put up enough points to win the game, even if it stays tight. So... But I hate cheering for Dallas, which is why it took me a minute. Okay, uh, let's call it there. It's been a been an exciting week. I, may, I guess we can um, pencil in on a Sunday morning emergency pod if something else pops up. Picking up more free agents <laughs> on Sunday. But uh, thanks for coming, and we'll see you next week. We gotta go. All right, see you.